Hey, everybody, before we get to the show, just want to mention we have a Be That Lawyer live tech talk coming up on the 31st of August. I'd love for you to be there. Um, You can sign up by going to fretson.com and clicking on our resources page and events, and you will find it there. We've got three amazing technology gurus that are going to be there to answer your toughest questions. So please join us and sign up today. You're listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen, will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Be That Lawyer. I am so, so happy that you're here, that you're with me. I don't know. Are you in your car? Are you walking your dog? Are you doing laundry? Are you billing hours? What the heck are you doing? I don't know, Um, but I'd love to hear about what you're up to. And I would love for you to let us know how we're doing. If you think we're doing a great job, give us a great review on your iPhone or wherever you're hearing this. If we're doing a lousy job, well, then just stop listening. Don't give us any review at all. I think that's a fair a fair exchange. This show has been around for just over three and a half years. I think we're coming up on 310 or 320 episodes. That's quite a pace. And again, what this show is all about is helping you to be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. And just to give you insights real quick about Fretson, we only do two things. We help ambitious attorneys, individual attorneys to dramatically grow their law practices through a very intensive MBA style training and coaching combination. Seems to be getting some pretty good results for the folks out there that work with me. And then of course, the Rainmaker Roundtables, business developer roundtables, where you can be in a peer advisory group with other successful, ambitious, hungry to grow lawyers uh, that are already kind of doing great stuff and just want to keep the momentum going. Uh, those are the two things. So if you're in kind of a change situation, changing firms, moving laterally, want to advance at your own, solo, need to get to your first million, that kind of stuff, those are probably the people that are going to work best with me. And that's enough about that. We've got Darren waiting in the wings. How's it going, D? Hey, it's going great. How are you? Yeah, can I call you Big D? Sure. <laughs> yeah, that was for me. <laughs> you don't mind? Okay. Uh, we're not gonna. I'm not going to actually do that. But uh, anyway, Darren, great to see you, man. We've got, it's so funny, the quote of the show, and I don't know if I saw it in the notes and then said it to a group of my clients the other day, and they were like blown away because they thought it was my quote. And um, I told them I, that it wasn't. Now, wait a second, you're giving your grandma and your dad responsibility for this quote. It's, they absolutely did not come up with this, but that's okay. We can all take credit for it equally. The quote of the show from Darren is, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. I have we have to look that up at some point because that that is a really good quote that you heard what growing up and that I am now using and but it came from someone much smarter than us maybe. I I hope so, you know, but it <laughs> it um it's something my dad always said and of course he always said that my grandma always said it. So you know, that, yeah, that's where I got it from, at least. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to look that up. Maybe we'll look that up during the show. We'll get an answer to that. But obviously that should resonate with people, especially the people and how I use it was like, I've got a client who doesn't shut up. Like he just keeps talking and talking. And I said to him, I go, I know you know a lot about this subject. Okay. But people don't really care that you know all this until they know that you, they don't care that you know, until they know that you care about them. So let's, shut up. Let's ask questions. Let's listen. Let's empathize. Let's be a, a part of that, you know, collaboration. But what, tell me, that was my take. What's your take on it? 
Yeah, in the financial world, you know, there's this body of knowledge. There's and, and you can always learn more things. You know, and honestly, you can figure a lot of stuff out on your own. You know, you can go to Google, you can ask Google. You know, but um, when you're looking for someone to work with, when you're looking for a financial advisor, one of the qualities you really need to know, need to have, you need to have someone who cares about you and cares about your situation because everything else is going to flow from that. If they really, and, and that's not something that comes from a certification or anything like that, you can get more certifications, but your character is something that is hard to teach. It, it is internal and that's not something that can be taught. It comes from within you. You either have it or you don't. <laughs> yeah, right on. And by the way, um, I did have a chance to look it up. It either came from Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, or John Maxwell, who I'm not 100% sure who that is. But anyway, so now we know why it maybe came from your grandma, because she stole it from Teddy R. <laughs> maybe. Uh, <laughs> well, Darren, man, welcome to the show. Um, you just had me on your show, The Lawyer Millionaire, and I love doing it. And I'm so happy that you're with me today. Yeah, and this is your biz. This is your jam. You're helping lawyers become millionaires if they're already, you know, got their own firm and how do they translate that into their own, you know, their own wealth and, and real wealth. And um give us a little background how you got into this and leading into your be that lawyer tipping point. Yeah, it was uh kind of a long journey and it didn't start here, that's for sure. Although the business I'm in now is a family business, and so maybe this was always my destiny. You know, my dad was a is still a financial advisor, his dad before him. So it was kind of a legacy in that way. But yeah, I wanted to kind of do my own thing. So I got out and uh, wanted to be a teacher. I, I went to school for that. I got a degree in biology and education, started teaching eighth and ninth grade science. And I did that for five years in Cincinnati. But, you know, a few years into that, I kind of realized that it wasn't a good fit for me. I was burned out. And I wasn't um, enjoying life very much. I was stressed. I, you know, I would come home from work and I just would crash. You know, it was it was tough work. Maybe wait, wait a second. Can I stop you a second? Are you trying to say that teenagers are difficult? Uh, I, ha I hadn't heard until now. I hadn't really heard that. Well, you know, and it, it wasn't <laughs> all that. I mean, I enjoyed working with kids, but there are so many other stressors. You know, the, the work environment, working for you have to work for a good boss. If you don't have a great boss, that makes it tough. Yeah. You know, so those are, and you know, I'm sure a lot of attorneys listening to this show have experienced similar things, perhaps. <laughs> right, um, right. Some politicking going on in the law firm and some some ego-driven bosses in the law firms. Yeah, that's uh, that's been known to yeah. occur as well. So I said, okay, something has to change. Something has got to be different. I can't continue to do this until I am 65 years old not going to work. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So you're, you know, the lawyer millionaire, you're worth financial services. You transitioned from teaching into the financial services. And I'm assuming that you didn't start off working with lawyers. Is that something that you, that you worked? How'd you figure that out? Like I figured out, I got pulled into it, maybe kicking and screaming, uh, you know, back in the recession of 2008 and nine, and just saw like a tremendous need for the services I provide, business development, sales, free selling methodologies. How did you fall into the space? Yeah, it definitely was not on purpose. And I did not foresee this happening. When I started out as a financial advisor, I didn't know the first thing about marketing. I didn't know the first thing about business development or running a business or anything like that. I mean, I knew my skills. I knew personal planning. I knew retirement planning. But as far as running a business and building a business, nothing. So that was, you know, very interesting. And I learned on the job. 
I, uh, I I learned how to do that just from hard experience, the, the the school of hard knocks, out of necessity. And I quit my job and started my practice, and I had a few months of pay as a teacher. You know, you get paid through the summer, so I'm like, oh, great. You know what? I'll get paid for three months, and three months I'll have my business built up. It'll be booming, and things will be great. Oh, oh guess again. <laughs> three months like that all the time. No. It, that three months that um, income ended and I was like, oh, wow. So I have, I, it's do or die. It is do or die time. And I did what a lot of business owners make the mistake of doing. I supplemented my income. I survived on my retirement funds and things like that. But, you know, I understand that sometimes you have to do that. And sometimes that you have no other choice. But I did reach a tipping point, another tipping point. Where I tip. said, yeah, double tip. Enough is enough. I said, it's it's do or die. I've been pulling money out of retirement to kind of stay afloat and in the hopes that my business is going to build itself up. And I reached a point where I said, okay, we're going to do this. We're just going to make it happen. No matter what, I am not pulling another dime out of my retirement. I'm done with that. I am going to make it happen full stop. And I did it. You know, I not anything of my own, but I said, okay, I'm going to put the work in. I'm going to do it and what needs to be done, and we're going to make it happen. And that's, I think that's a great, inspiring thing for people listening. You can do it too. You know, it's tough to build a business. It's tough to launch out on your own. But, you know, the cool thing about it is if you put in the hard work and determination, if you learn the skills you need to learn, you can build the business that you want. I mean, let me ask you a question, and, and this isn't meant to be self-serving, but I'm curious if you had thought about it, engaging someone to help you with sales, to help you with figuring some of this stuff out versus just like, it seems like sheer force and effort that you had to put in to get it done. Is that a consideration you had? Did you not know that existed at the time? I, I did start to use some folks to help me, you know, not uh, in a huge cohesive, like here, come help me build a whole huge marketing campaign. Right. But I, I engaged a marketing team to help me write my monthly blog articles and send those out to my distribution list and to kind of help me fine tune some of my image and, and branding and some of that sort of thing. So yes, I did not in a huge way, but where I could, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of money to spend, right? but I did spend a little bit on faith that there would be some return there where I thought I could use some help. And a lot of where I used the help was in creating my elevator speech, really fine-tuning that to my target market. And that really paid some very handsome dividends. Uh, so that was very helpful. And a lot of audiobooks, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's it. I mean, again, you know, like lawyers spend a lot of time learning the law, and then they have to learn their specific practice area, their specific niche. Maybe they're in an industry. It's a certain type of, of you know, of, of um, maybe type of trial they're going to run. And then to learn business development as a skill, to learn marketing as a skill, social media as a skill, time management as a skill, they're all learned. Nobody's, oh, yeah. you know, shot out of the, you know, shot out of the womb with those skills. So they are things that are, you know, being taught in college. You know, in fact, one of my clients is very young and was talking about, yeah, in her, you know, college, they were, they were teaching her LinkedIn and making sure that they were using it on a regular basis. So. There is, there is that happening, but 
but I think that's an important point is that, you know, you can try to figure stuff out yourself. That's fine. That's one way to go. Another is to try to bring other people in that know what you know, know what. So like, I don't know enough about my money. So I'm just going to figure it out and throw money around. Well, no, I'm going to hire Darren, right? And I'm going to have it all focused in the right direction because I'm, de- I'm, I'm bringing someone with experience in a certain area where I don't. I'm not going to just try to, try to, you know, tough my way through it. That being said, we still need to get to the point where you've built this financial services business. When did it convert to lawyers and, and focusing on that, that particular niche? Well, the pandemic played a really, really important role in that transition. And I'm sure that um, will be the story for lots of people um, in terms of their, their business and their life and, and how that affected things. I kind of started focusing on attorneys and focusing on lawyers because I knew that I needed to focus on a particular niche because I needed to differentiate myself in order for marketing. There are a lot of financial advisors out there, and it's very difficult to stand out in the crowd. And that's true for attorneys as well, uh, who are trying to stand out in the crowd. So I knew I needed to do that. And a lot of my early clients were attorneys. I had done a lot of networking. I got involved with the local chamber of commerce and things like that. I met a lot of attorneys and many of them became clients. So I was looking over my list of clients. and I was like, okay, what specialty can I develop and can I hone in on that's going to fit my existing client base and really try to make that something? And so I decided to focus on attorneys. Now, that has morphed considerably because I realized even that was too broad of a specialization. And so it's lawyers and it's law firm owners. And really, that's kind of where I put a lot of my focus because there's a lot of challenges that law firm owners have. But I started doing uh, CLE presentations with the local bar association on financial planning topics for attorneys, tax minimization, retirement planning, succession planning. Those were extremely well received. I started to get clients from those and that was going really, really well. The other thing that played into it is when I surveyed the landscape and I looked at the world of financial advisors, I saw very few that were focused on the legal profession. There's a lot of financial advisors that focus on business owners or people close to retirement or things like that, but I did not see very many focused on legal professionals at all. So I kind of saw it as a golden opportunity to go in that direction. Well, then the pandemic happened and the business model changed completely. Networking was done, it was dead. And so I decided this is the time to kind of go for it completely because I realized that my geography was unlimited and I could work with anybody. So I started doing webinars. I did webinars on taxes, retirement planning, succession planning for attorneys and law firm owners. Those went great. You know, a lot of people were sitting around with not much to do. They're watching webinars. (laughs) And I started to get clients all over the place, Florida, California, New York, South Carolina, you name it. And so I realized that this was a great business model. And then fast forward to, you know, during that time, I also decided to write the book. And so wrote The Lawyer Millionaire and uh, was fortunate to have it uh, picked up and published by the American Bar Association, which was a great win. And then as a corollary to the book, I launched The Lawyer Millionaire podcast. And in all of this, I've learned so much and I continue to learn You know, when I first started focusing on lawyers, I just thought mostly this was a marketing thing, you know, to really design your practice and and such to serve your particular niche. But as I've gotten into it, I've realized 
there is so much knowledge under the surface that when you really start to work with law firm owners, you really start to understand their world and the challenges and opportunities that they face. Hey, everybody, check this out. You've just had a call with a client where they need help with something you don't do. You've reached out to colleagues, you've searched the lawyer directories, and you simply tell them you don't know anyone that can help. Overture changes all of that. Overture is the first private attorney network designed for the country's best independent attorneys to refer matters to one another and ethically share in referral fees. It's a great way to keep your clients happy and build your practice with referred clients. It's by the founders of LegalZoom. Membership is free if you're accepted, but act now to get priority access to referrals for your state and practice area. Apply for membership at overture.law, overture.law. Okay, let's take a quick break to talk about how MoneyPenny is changing the game for lawyers who are losing business every day and may not even realize it. It's impossible to provide amazing client service when you have phone trees, voicemail jail, or untrained staff handling your phones. Every inbound call could be a new client to intake properly or an opportunity lost. With MoneyPenny, it's all but insured. The call will be handled exactly the way you want it every time. To take immediate action on this, write down this email and start your free trial. It's svj at moneypenny.com and just mention my name in the subject line. Lawyers, there's an easy way to boost your law practice. Partner with Get Visible, the digital marketing agency that makes you stand out. Meet Sarah, an awesome lawyer, but a terrible marketer. Get Visible helped her build a powerful website and boost her online visibility. Now she ranks high on Google, gains clients through ads and engaging content. Tired of feeling insignificant? Make it rain. Visit GetVisible.com and stand out. And I know one of them is that Many of many lawyers are kind of bad with money, like bad with collections. They're bad with like looking at a statement and understanding how much profit there should be based on, you know, a per attorney or all the different factors that go into looking at the financials of a law, a running law firm. And then on top of that, how much should they make? How much should they put away? You know, how does that, and are they good at savings or are they living beyond their means? So, kind of what are you seeing as kind of the top two or three things that you're, that lawyers, struggle with around the money? Probably the biggest thing is cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, maybe it's not necessarily that they're bad at money. It's just that they are, haven't taken the opportunity to really focus on it and learn about it. Mostly attorney, you know, there are some of the attorneys that have taken the time to focus on it. They're great at it, you know, but because it wasn't taught in law school, they haven't been exposed to it. They haven't really had an opportunity to learn about the business of law. And the other thing is they're so darn busy. They want to maximize billable hours. You know, they're focused on doing their work. And then they got to be a business owner too at the same time. Okay, so when do I have time to look at my money? <laughs> yeah, just kind of gets uh, pushed, pushed to, the, to the wayside. Absolutely. Yeah. And then let's say that someone is not great with money and the cash flow. What, how do they... You know, outside of like, you know, hiring someone to do it for them. I mean, how do they get, start getting awareness? What reports should they be looking at? What, what are the things they should do to start being more aware of the money? Yes. You mentioned it. The first step is awareness to know where the money is going. And that's really the biggest struggle. You know, first of all, the cash flow is fluctuating for a lot of attorneys. Uh, you know, if you're a partner in a small firm, you have fluctuating income from the, the revenues, the, the profit distribution might change. 
And so that's hard to plan for. If you're a law firm owner, yeah, you, you have fluctuating income and that makes it very difficult to plan. And what I've noticed is a lot of my attorney clients, when they come to me initially, they're making good money, it's going in their account, and then it's being spent, and they don't know, they have no handle on where it's going. And so, you know, maybe they have a spouse who's spending a lot of money, they have kids who are in college who need money for all kinds of things, and it's just going, it's going out. And then the other problem, too, sometimes with law firm owners is they're having to put money back into the business because they haven't planned properly for their business expenses and their you know personal needs. And so they're paying themselves and then they're having to put money back into the business because the business is having a shortfall. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the issues around cash flow that I have seen. And so it starts with awareness. It starts with tracking. It starts with you know having some kind of system where you can monitor what your spending is. There are a lot of free systems out there to use like Mint or different uh, budgeting apps. You know, you can connect all of your different spending accounts, bring in all your transactions into one place and you can see them. That makes it challenging. You know, a lot of people I work with, they've got multiple credit cards, they've got multiple bank accounts. There's all kinds of things going on. It's a complex picture. So it's really important to bring it all into one place so you can see it, you can manage it and you can know what's happening. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The lack of tracking, I think that's that's sort of across the, you know, across the the gambit of most people don't track things. They don't track their time. I mean, lawyers track their time. They don't track their BD time and results. They don't track the money coming in, money going out, the budget at home, you know, how much, you know, they need to save to get to. I think that's one of the things that that I love about my financial planner and and what you do is we can you can I'm sure talk to this, but all right, Steve, you want to retire when, or you want to start to slow down. I'm never going to retire, right? So that's not going to happen until I can't talk anymore or something. <laughs> but it's, there is going to be a slowdown, right? Like I'm going to go from 100 miles an hour to 50 at some point. Let's just say it's, it's 60, 65 years old, whatever it is. All right, so then how much do I need to have for that to get me through you know, living to 90 or 100 or whatever the number is these days? It's always seems to be going up. And then they said it's going down and it's going back up. So talk to that a little bit. How do people sort of realize, you know, their lack of planning and, and, and budgeting can then affect their retirement? Yeah. And it's, you know, you have to think about what that picture looks like for you. And so with our planning process for attorneys and law firm owners, we start with goal setting because we have to know where we're going. Before any of this matters, we have to know where we're going. And sometimes that is what is necessary to get, first of all, get yourself on board with saving, maybe get a spouse who's reluctant to save on board with the savings plan, is let's create an inspiring vision for what that future is gonna look like. And then we can figure out how much money we need to save to get there. And it's not all about retirement. You know, many law firm owners I work with, they don't want to necessarily retire completely. They want to do what you said. They want to have more of a phase down into retirement, so you know, maybe into more of an ownership, managerial leadership kind of position at their firm, and then kind of slowly phase out and, and do something different. But no one is inspired by saving money. You know, no one's inspired by, okay, maybe you are. 
<laughs> I just raised my hand, everybody, because I honestly, it's not so much how much I make, it's how much I sock away like a squirrel, you know, right? Like I, I have three different savings plans, you know, from a 401k to a cash balance to a SEP. And I just like, it's my goal is to hit my numbers. Yes. But it's also like, can I fulfill, you know, getting these, these three batches like completely, but anyway, that's me. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a wacko, but, um, you know, I don't have the fancy boat or the jet that I'm trying to get around in or the, you know, $3 million home because I'm really excited about like, what can I put away this month? Anyway, so I'm the weirdo that, that, you know, rare, rare, rare breed, maybe. Well, that's okay. You know, uh, but then, you know, what I want to talk about with my clients is what are we doing it for? And for a lot of law firm owners and lawyers, I think, you know, and, and I do this too. I'm, you know, a lot of us other professionals who own businesses, we do this too. We get so focused on building our business and running our business that we forget to step back and say, okay, what is all this for? Mm -hmm. In 10 years, what do I want my life to look like? So we start there. We start by creating a very uh, inspiring and motivating vision for where we're trying to go and what we're trying to accomplish. And I have my clients write a personal financial mission statement, something that can unify what they're trying to do. Because, you know, it's not about who dies with the most money. <laughs> right. That's, that's not uh -huh. the goal necessarily. You can't take it with you. So let's enjoy it. Let's create some goals. And retirement is a goal. But of course, you know, along the way, what do you want to accomplish in five years, in 10 years, in 15 years? What is the life that you're trying to build and create for yourself? And then we go from there and we create a specific plan for how much money do we need to set aside to achieve those goals. And then we can use that to create a cash flow plan. And that's what it is, is a cash flow plan. There's no such thing as savings. It's deferred spending because, you know, save it for what? You know what I mean? Someone's going to use it at some point. Right. And so it's all about what is the purpose? And the cash flow plan that we create with clients is let's be purposeful and strategic with our money. Instead of spending $2,000 a month on Amazon purchases for random crap that we don't need, let's be strategic about what we're trying to get to and what we want our life to look like. And let's be purposeful about it. Yeah. And I think you get that plan together and then, you know, you, you make just smarter decisions. Oh, we're going to spend 20 grand on this, you know, crazy trip. You know, is that really, you know, I know that sounds like fun, but you know, right now we're also strapped for cash and we're trying to make sure we stay up to date on our, you know, college plan savings for the 12 kids we have or whatever, you know, and you know, then, then you make some, some, maybe some more logical decisions as opposed to like either spending money you shouldn't or going into debt. I think there's, I live in a neighborhood where I just walk around and I go, I wonder who here is is really putting money away and who here is living beyond there. I mean, not because I live in the nicest neighborhood in, in the world, but you know, there are people living in million plus dollar homes in my neighborhood, and and I don't know. I just I always wonder, and I do hear rumors that you know there's people that are, you know, all over the place just living, you know, the life that they want to live, but they don't really have the cash flow to support that. That's one of the absolute secrets. And it's not really a secret. It's one of the absolute uh, secrets to success, though, in terms of finances, is to live within your means and actually live a little bit below your means. Yeah. You know, common wisdom is that your your monthly housing costs shouldn't you know exceed twenty eight percent of your your income. I think even that's too high. And I have, I have a client that I'm working with right now. He has a six thousand dollar a month mortgage, 
and it is the biggest cost. I mean, I, I do his budgeting, I do his cash flow for him, and he's really not spending a whole lot frivolously. He's not spending a whole lot on dining out or, or things like that. I mean, it's, it's all healthy. It's all within a good range, but it's that huge mortgage payment that is just a weight on his cash flow. And it's like, okay, and that's hard to get out of, you know I mean? So just keep paying it until, you know, it's done or what do you do? Do you make a big change? Sometimes you have to make a big change and, and sometimes you have to have the courage to say, okay, we're going to do something different. No one likes to downsize, but maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe something dramatic needs to change that is not going to be comfortable in the moment, but is going to set you up for a dramatically higher level of success in the future. And is that the area that people need to look into mostly is like, what's your top three expenses? And is it, realist, is it realistic that you can maintain those and sock money away and have the nice trip every year and send the kids to camp and the things that, you know, maybe that family might agree are, are of high importance. Is that, what are, what are the, I mean, and then, you know, what do they do when they're in a six mil, $6,000 a month or $10,000 a month mortgage? And they realize that's maybe not, I mean, they just have to downsize. Is that the key? It's all about- Or just make more, right? It, it could be. It could be making more. Uh, but how realistic is that? I mean, is that is that a definite possibility for I mean, you? It depends so, if they hire yeah. me or not. <laughs> uh, see what I did there? Uh, Absolutely. But yeah, that's, but but I know for some people, there might be some level or form of, of reality or cap on what they're really going to make if they're, again, you know, reinvesting in the business and- you know, it's not about, you know, how much more they can pay themselves. It's more about like, how do we make sure this business stays, stays sustainable over mm -hmm. years? Yeah. You need to be realistic somewhat. Um, hopefully you don't, you're not in a position where you have to make dramatic changes. Right. I mean, but if you've gotten yourself into a situation where it's just totally not sustainable, then you're going to have to make a dramatic change and that can be very difficult, but it, it might be necessary because here's the thing, right? A you know, we get in, our incomes grow, you're making a lot of money, and you have you experience what I call lifestyle creep. Your lifestyle slowly starts to expand and to grow itself, you know, and if your monthly expenses are 20 grand a month, okay, are you going to be able to maintain that lifestyle in retirement? If you really want to retire and you want to have a lifestyle of 20 grand a month, you're going to need a much bigger pot of money. You know, I, I often joke, retirement is always possible. It's just a question of how much you're going to spend each year. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you got to kind of work backwards. You got to kind of look at and like break it down and work, work backwards of, of what you're going to need and then, and then, or want, and then, you know, how much do you actually have to put away to get to that number? So you have that security. Really good stuff. Darren, um, you have a new book out, The Lawyer Millionaire. Can you take a moment and just talk? And then that will call that the game changing book or podcast. But uh, give us a little a little insight of what's in that. But I appreciate you sending me a copy and I have to check it out and I will. Uh, give us yeah. the Reader's Digest version though. The Lawyer Millionaire is meant to be kind of a comprehensive guide on personal finance for lawyers and law firm owners. There is stuff in there for every stage of your career. So start just starting out dealing with student loans, buying a house, getting your investment plan started, all the way up to preparing for retirement and succession and all of that stuff. 
Uh, there's stuff in there for business owners on the structure of your business, tax strategies to minimize your tax uh, liability and maximize your tax efficiency. So I tried to basically take all of my wisdom and knowledge and put it in a book format for people who want a one-stop shop, you know, a guide to help them at various stages of their life and their career uh, to make really smart investment and financial decisions. Yeah. Well, everybody check that in. That's on Amazon? It's on Amazon. It's also available from the ABA. Uh, if you're a member of the ABA, uh, you can get a discount on the book uh, through their website. Very cool. Very cool. And as we wrap up, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, of course, Money Penny, helping you get rid of those phone trees or the full-time reception person who's overpaid and probably is unnecessary if you can use Money Penny to handle your phones. We've got, of course, Overture. So you're looking to ethically share fees with lawyers around the country. You want to look into Overture.law for that. And of course, Get Visible, who's helping on the digital marketing side, the retargeting, pay-per-click, SEO, website redesign. If you go to fretson.com, you'll see the amazing work of Get Visible, and you can check them out. And if you're interested in a copy of Sales Free Selling, which also is available on Amazon, but you'd like a free copy of the ebook version, then you can get that by going to fretson.com slash sales-free-selling, and you can grab a copy there. Darren Wirtz, thank you so much, man, for being on the show, um, sharing your insights. I think this is an area that isn't covered very often um, on a show like this and it, it needs it needed to be uh, because ultimately you know why are we in this why are we practicing law why are we coaching why are we doing the things we do in many ways it's to help people in the other way is we need to provide for our family so uh, really really appreciate you doing that thank you so much it's been fun and uh, we'll have to talk more and dive into even more detail because I feel like we'd only scratch the surface here. I was <laughs> that's the 30 minutes we have but it's but it was a good 30 minutes and also yeah. you know I always try to, and I may have mentioned this to you, like try to pull out some nuggets of things that are going to really help people um, listening to a 30-minute show and get a couple of takeaways. And I feel like we really did that today. Um, and I'm not going to go back and repeat them, but they'll be in the show notes and everybody check it out. So thank you, Darren. Thank you, everybody, for spending some time with us today. And uh, we're really working on your business. And that's what this show is all about, helping you be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. Take care, everybody. Be safe, be well, and we will talk again real soon. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.